Yeah, so it's not going to be the energetic Solomon you know. Um, yeah, it's, I'm, just, I'm just amazed at what God does and how he does it. So prior to Thursday, um, this week, I'd already had my notes. And um, I was supposed to send it to the AV team. And then my wife, as usual, um, I gave her the notes to criticize. She's, she, she always criticizes my notes, constructive criticisms. <laughs> and um, she says, no way, you can't preach that message. <laughs> and I was, I was, I, I really didn't know what to do because I took time to prepare that message. Until this morning, I was still writing down the notes. Um, by the way, thank you, um, Ashley, for accepting my notes. It came in around 8.22 or thereabouts this morning. So that's why I'm not excited, because my notes have been pushed away, and God has given me a fresh notes. So it's not going to be constructive, it's not going to be logical, it's not going to be, I don't know what it is. So you have to pray for me. Can you just point your hands towards me to pray for me? And say, Holy Spirit, help Solomon. <laughs> because I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. All right? So I'm practically disarmed. All right? I planned everything. Um, okay. Lord, I'm humbled this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, but exactly what Sophia sang and what um, Chris Master, of course, different words but exactly the same thing. God wants us to come to this point of our lives. Actually, he asked me to do something, but I don't want to distract you. He asked me to delete a couple of things on my laptop that um, he had told me to delete this morning, but I said, no, it doesn't matter. And then he said to me again that before you preach, make sure you delete them. And that's what the message is all about. Coming to a point in your life where you do only the things that he tells you to do. It's very difficult. I assure you it's not something you would like. But when he told Abraham to take his son, the one he loved most, to go and sacrifice him, that's not what I want to do. But that's what God wanted. And until the point of laying the knife on the neck of Isaac, God still didn't say nothing. We want the fire to purify us. Lord, we want your fire to purify us today. We want your fire to show us things that we're not comfortable with. By the way, the title of my message is Worship. All right. Very odd, isn't it? That, that <laughs> How do you preach worship? How many minutes do you have to preach worship? So this is, this is not my message, and I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will speak through me. God's ultimate desire... And plan for all humanity from the beginning of creation was for us to leave out our everyday lives 
based on his blueprint, based on his laws, based on his principles, whether at our homes, jobs, schools, vocation, ministry, etc. That's what worship is. And I'll define it for you. I'll show you from the scriptures. So every time we talk about worship, we're not just talking about some songs that have been written and sung. So this is, this is what the Lord wants to teach us this morning. And like I said, he's teaching me as well. That is what God refers to as worship. Everything that I've written out here. Can we go to the next slide? So God's ultimate desire and plan for us is that we come to that point in our lives where all that we do, all that we say, all that we think comes from him. Impossible, actually. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, it's possible. So the Bible says, with men all things are impossible, but with God all things are... And I'm hearing you speaking. I'm hearing some of you saying, say, what do you mean by that? How can I... How do I even hear God? How do I know it's God talking? How do I even know when he wants me to say what to say and what not to say? How do I know when he's telling me to do something? The question is, how did our forefathers knew? How did Abraham actually heard God saying, I want your son? Okay, so if you want to read with me, let's read together. So here's what I want you to do. Can we read together? God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating. Do you know this is in the Bible? How many of you have seen it before? <laughs> I, I'm not sure Brian has seen it before <laughs> because the way he's looking at it. <laughs> exactly. That's Romans 12. Verse 1, actually. Sorry, my error. If you have the message Bible, you click on it, and that's what you see. So Romans 12, verse 1, simply reads, So here's what I want you to do. Who helping you? In our modern day language, we'll say the Holy Spirit. In our modern language, we'll say the Word of God. Revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. So, God, the Holy Spirit, or Jesus, revealing through the Holy Spirit, helping you, I'd like you, Paul speaking now, take your everyday, ordinary life. You're doing dishes in the kitchen. You're even going to toileting. I'd like you to take it, and what do I want you to do? Place it before me as an offering. As an offering. So I want you to take this ordinary daily living that you do and place it before me. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. I'm not the one saying that. It's the Bible. So if you do things that God didn't ask from you, he won't take it from you. And I'll show you soon. Just follow me. If you do things toward God that he didn't act from you, he won't take it. That's what happened to Cain. But I'll take you gradually there. So if you, if you truly want to worship, 
Worship simply means to do the things that God wants you to do per time. So there are times that you want to go to bed and God say, no, don't go to bed. I'd like you to pray for five minutes. And that five minutes of prayer changes the life of someone who is about to have an accident. Just because God spoke and said, don't sleep, five minutes of prayer, and you did that and you saved a life from having an accident. You thought you were just having a thought. Actually, that's how he speaks, through our thoughts. So I, I, I thought that I was thinking of doing this, and then you did it, and it's like, wow. So take your everyday ordinary life and place it before him and allow him to be the one to dictate it for you. That's worship. When God is the one that tells you the things to do and how to do them and what time to do them, that's worship. So he said, Romans 12, 1 in the NIV version, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So you're giving God your life, your body. It's a living thing, isn't it? It's got blood flowing through it. So God is saying, I like your body. I want it. Give it to me. And the All right. I'll allow you to laugh a little bit. <laughs> I want your life. It belongs to me. It's mine. Give it to me. I'd like you to offer it to me. So if you want to shave your hair, I must permit you. Weird, isn't it? But that's what he's saying, actually. Literally, that's what God is saying. You want to eat some... <laughs> you want to eat some hamburger and God says, no, don't eat it. Don't eat it, brother. It, it just, yeah, that's, that's what it is. I'm not the one speaking. That's the Holy Bible. You want to confirm that? Who has an NIV? Who has a message? I want you to read it loud so that they know I'm not the one the quoting. I'm not the one writing that. Hallelujah. So allow him to do for you all that you do with your body. Your schooling, your work. How you self-serve your wife in the kitchen. Or how you serve your husband with his dreams. Don't kill the dream. Support the dream. It's not yours, it's your husband's, but it's for you to support. That's what God is saying. I'd like you to do that. Just permit me to be your driver. You be the passenger. That's worship. That's worship. So let's read the last line. This is your what? Read it. This is your what? And what? Is it Solomon defining it? I'm not the one. So worship goes beyond the songs we sing. All right, guys? So this is not my word. It's God's word. And that's why I'm saying I'm not even comfortable to preach because it doesn't make sense. Why should you be teaching people worship? I don't know. I don't know. But like I know God, if he asks for this word to be preached, even if it's just one person that it's for, He'll take the glory. Because I'm not a showman. I'm not here to impress you. I'm only here to pass the message. And if it's, worth, if it's just for one person, glory to God. But that's the definition of worship. 
So every time you say worship, what you're just saying is, Lord, I am yours. I'm all yours. If you want to stop me from sleeping, so be it. If you're, you're going to stop me from eating food, so be it. And, and unfortunately, we were having a conversation with you this morning. We we're talking about religion. A lot of people do religion and they think that religion is praying 10 times a day, praying 20 times a day, and that's where you meet with the Lord. No way. It's about doing what God told you to do as an individual part time. It's not the structure. It's what he is telling you to do in the now. So when he came to Abraham, did God appear to any other man to sacrifice his child ever again in the Bible? Ever. Ever. But that was the route through which he wanted to develop a relationship with Abraham. Through the sacrifice of his son. So, the next slide. Take your everyday ordinary life and place it before him. Now, in the first mention of the word worship in the Bible, you'd still see what I was talking about. I'm just trying to help you understand that worship simply means you doing what God wants you to do. So, in Genesis 21 verse 1 to 5, the NKJV, Abraham exemplified what worship meant. He chose to sacrifice his son because God asked him to do. Is there a proof there? Is there a proof that God asked him to do that? All right, let's read on together now, everyone. Now it came to pass after these things that God tasted Abraham. Does it, does it look like it sometimes when he tells you not to eat that hamburger? You're hungry. And he says, don't eat it. Does it feel like you sometimes? You want to drive the car and you say, no, I'd like you to take a walk. Now, Lord, I'm used to driving the car. It's funny, but that's the truth. You see, I'm telling you the things that have happened to my life as well. I'm not just taking you theory, theory, theory. There have been times, like, I'm so sorry to say, use this example, but I just feel that some of you need to hear these examples. Now, when I arrived to Australia, God told me not to buy a car. My wife will bear that testimony. And like Ananias and Safira, if I'm telling you a lie, I'll fall right here and die. Okay? But God told me not to buy a car. He said, I will give you a car, your first car. Of course, I'm going to buy cars later. But your first car will be a gift to you. He told me that clearly. A number of times I'd wanted to buy the car, God said no. Little did I know, he had told someone here in Forever House, like months ago, just about the time he told me, he had also told her, but she was wondering, doesn't make sense because she's working here. If she gives me my car, what happens to her? Little did she know that God was already planning for her to go to Perth. So just like in the blues, I was edgy. I was like, Lord, you said this, but my family's here. I need a car. I, I, I can't be doing bus. I can't be doing Uber. And the Lord was saying, don't buy a car. All right? Don't buy a car. It's painful, guys. It, it's, not, it's not sweet. But when you hear the Lord and you do what he tells you, life becomes easy. So, and he said, here I am. 
Are we ready to read again together? Then he said, are you reading at all? Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Does it sound like sometimes the way God talks to you? Does it sound like that? It may just be me. But don't worry, like I said, it mustn't be for you. Or probably we haven't gotten to where God wants to speak to you directly. But let's keep going. Now, long story short, I'll just keep everything. But do but you want us to read some more? All right, good on. So, and offer him there as a bond offering on one of, come on. Why wouldn't be it be any mountain? Why would it be one of? Come on, guys. It's not easy to follow God. But when you do, there are always benefits. So one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So he has not finished talking. Has there been times when he told you certain things to do and you're like, doesn't make sense? Yes. Because he wanted you to depend with him all the way. Because if he told you everything, you will lose the sense of depending on him along the way. So because he doesn't want you to do, know the end, he gives you a bit of the before so that you start moving by faith. So he told Abraham, leave your father's land and I will show you another land. He didn't tell him the land. Just keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. So I'm going to give you a car. But Lord, how? My family is here. We're using Uber all the time. How? So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two. Da -da 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 -da. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted. <laughs> all right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and... The, yard, the lad and I will go yonder and... So what is worship? What is worship? Doing what God says. And exactly the way he said it. That's worship. If you have been taught that worship is just songs, that's true, but half truth. Anytime God tells you to do something and you eventually did it, you actually worshipped. Worship simply means to bow. And what does bow means? To own up authority to someone else. So, Lord, it's no longer about me. It's about you. And I was watching Sophia singing, and I was watching Chris. You see, God is so awesome. He deliberately told me to watch both of you. So I was waiting to see whether Chris will go and collect the mic because he wants to start his MC as soon as possible. What was happening, Chris? I was waiting for Sophia. Yeah. yeah. And why didn't you finish worship? You were just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you finish worship on time? Um, <laughs> God was doing something. Probably she would have said, oh, these guys will, will crucify me later. I don't know. Did you think about it? She could have just followed the structure and stopped the worship on the way, and we won't be blessed. Or we will be blessed, but halfway. 
It won't be full blessing. So do the things he tells you to do the way he told you to do it. That's worship. I'm not the one defining it. It's your Bible. Still, I don't know why God is wanting us to preach this much. I'm telling you the truth. So I'm just following. Next slide. That's worship. So, in literally defining terms, what is worship? Can we read it loud together? That is God's ordination for worship. That is God's idea of worship. When he created man, the Bible says God had created all things for thine own pleasure. Thou created them for his own pleasure. He wanted us to just please him by doing the things he wants us to do. Period. Every other thing you do toward God necessarily does not add value to God. But when you do the things that he tells you to do, as said when he told you to do it, the way he told you to do it, that's what pleases him. And that's called worship. That's called worship. I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. I created certain things that made it look like it was you, but it wasn't you. It's not about the words. It's not even about music. It's beyond the songs. Actually, when you sing the songs because he asks you to do it, that's worship. And every time that happens, something happens in the supernatural that changes the atmosphere. That was why the worship was unique. If you do it by your strength, we were bored. And many times we're bored in church because people want to do religion. Unfortunately, that's the truth. When you act as script, you're doing religion. It's not being fanatic on the street. When you act as script, it's religion. When you are not ready to put away the script... That's religion. And so when God came to me this morning and said, put it aside, as a matter of fact, since Thursday, my wife began to speak. And I refused, actually. So I said, no, I'm not going to change that message. I took time to. And I, had to, I was a bit busy. By the way, I'm working, and I'm working like. So I was working Thursday. I was working Friday. I was working Saturday. And I was like, look, can you see? There's no time to even do the message. And God said, no, there's time. Just keep going. So I slept on Saturday, and he woke me up. And I stood up to write the message. He said, no, just pray. <laughs> ah. So I went back to, to sleep again. And then this night, or Saturday night into Sunday morning, he said, okay, it's time to write the notes. But when I woke up, I wanted to start writing the notes. He said, no, pray. I was like, what's the relationship? Jesus would always pray before dawn, before he go to minister. Every day as a habit. Because that was what God told him. It may not be the same thing with you. So, that's what worship is. Next slide. Thank you, Jesus. So, in Genesis, we saw how... Now, when you don't worship, there are consequences. Period. And those consequences are not 
God made, they are law oriented. So when the law says, don't child abuse a child, sorry if there's an English like that, and you decide to child abuse a child, what happens? The law catches up with you. All right. Once you get reported, sex assault, sexual assault, child abuse, all of those things, anything that's law, you don't pay your tax, the law catches up with you. All right? I love Australia because the systems are systemized. <laughs> you know, the other day I was thinking, my wife doesn't work now that she, she's a contractor. So I've been cracking my brain off how to pay the tax. And you know, one of those days I was like, must we really pay the tax? And I was like, you know the results, Solomon. The government will catch up with you. Because every time the money gets into the bank account, the government sees what you have earned. And they'll be waiting for their cut. So the law punishes you by itself. Now, a lot of people have said, why is God punishing people? No, it's not God. It's the law. His word is a law already. Thy word is settled forever in heaven. It's settled forever. Everything will pass away, but not the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is a sure foundation. It, it's, it's, it's forever and ever and ever. Yea and it, You don't do nothing with the word of God. Everything will pass away, but not God's word. It's a law. The Bible says God exalted his name, sorry, his word above his name. His law even above his name. God himself exalted his word above himself. So if God says a word, he already it's above God. Now, understand me in context. I'm not saying the word of God is above God. I'm just saying that he respects his word. And his words are his laws. And his laws are what we call the Bible. So, in Genesis, we saw how Cain's inability to offer his sacrifice based on God's principles. He offered his sacrifice his own way. And I'm going to show you. But every time you break the law, instantly a consequence rises up against you. That's what is called sin. Anti the law. That's simply sin. All right, we've defined it in different languages. But sin simply means against the law or transgressing against the law. I'm speaking house, so don't mind me. I'm permitted to speak tongues, isn't it? But in Genesis, we saw how Cain's inability to offer his sacrifice based on God's principles led him to sin. He became angry. I tell you the truth. Every challenge we go through in life is because we have refused to obey God's words. Every challenge. For crying out loud, stop blaming people for what you go through. I'm just being blunt and frank and probably this is where the message becomes challenging. If your father abused you, sorry. I empathize with you. I was also abused by my father. All right? My father burnt my clothes to ashes. Every single one of my clothes to ashes. Just because I challenged him from abusing my mom. So I came myself, my two younger ones, I was 15, my younger one was 12, and the other one, younger to him, was 10. And three of us came and said, the next time you hit our mom again, we're going to beat you up. And my father was angry with me. I'm not proud of what I did. I didn't know better. Ten years down the line, God said, you must go back to him and ask for forgiveness because he's your father. Horrible. But I had to do it. That's the law. You don't rise up against your father and go scot-free. 
no matter what he did or is doing. It's terrible, but that's the law. Why am I sharing this with you? Never sit down a victim for the rest of your life because of what somebody did towards you or what somebody didn't do towards you. There is no way you are going to be justified by that. So Cain became a victim instead of victor. So in his mind, he's saying, God, but you are the one that caused it. How can I give an offering? My brother will give offering and you chose my brother above me. God, you're unfair. So I, I, am, I am liable to be angry. So he had the audacity to give justice to himself. And that's what most of us are doing. So somebody hurt me. That's why I'm also hurting somebody. So I'm taking justice to my hands. So in Genesis we saw, sorry, I'm reading it again. Every time you transgress against the law, consequences follow. Let's go to the next slide so that we read now. I'd like us to read that passage. So that again, I just show you what happens when you don't worship. When you don't do what God tells you. When somebody hurts you and God says you should forgive and you refuse to forgive, you get hurt by it. Are, are you really on this? I will slow down a little bit. The reason why people had have heart attack or hypertension is because they refuse to forgive someone. And the law says you should do what? Forgive. That's when you forgive because the law told you to do it, that's worship. But when you don't forgive, what happens? You activate a curse. And the curse is you become hypertensive. Does that make sense? So every time God tells you to do a thing, it's for your benefit, bro. It's for your benefit, sis. I'm talking like a Nigerian now. No, no, I'm, I'm just, this is the truth. Every time God tells you to do a thing, it's for your benefit. If it tells you to give one tenth, it's for your benefit. I'm just being blunt. And I'm going to speak it the way God is saying it. Like I said, I don't even have a script. So if God tells you to give one tenth, it's for your good. Curse. It's been activated when you refuse to give God the one tenth. Because it's a law. Remember? When you don't obey the law, a curse is activated automatically because of breaking the law. If I don't pay my tax, I don't need anybody to tell me that the government will catch up with me. It's just a matter of time. The government will get to me. It, they will get to me. Because that's the law. And I cannot be discharged and acquitted because of ignorance. So when you stand before the judge and you say, oh, judge, I was ignorant. Is that what they, they say, discharged and acquitted? Would they say discharged and acquitted? You were ignorant of the law. Sarah. You were they're not going to discharge and acquit you. Ignorance is not a language in the court of law. And can I announce to you, every time you guys become ill-treated or treat God ill, what's the language now? Every time you, you say to God, God, you're punishing me, you're not being fair. You're not being fair. God is not the one punishing you, it's the law. When you sin, the devil goes before God. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. Every time you break the law, the devil quickly goes to... Why do we have policemen? 
to enforce the law. That's the job of the devil. I'm just being literal with you. Every time you break the law, the devil quickly goes to heaven and says, God, Solomon has broken the law. He is supposed to forgive what he refused to forgive. Therefore, I want to give unto him hypertension. And God will say, it's okay. You're right. Do you know that? Do you know that he has access to heaven till today? You don't. It's not God that gives you hypertension. Now, it's, I'm so sorry the way I'm speaking, but I'm also sick, all right? I'm not healthy. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I have also my own issues, but God is rebuking me as well. It's not God's fault that I have the issues I have. It's because I broke the law. Every time you alter worship, there are consequences. So, Cain... Uh, probably I'll just read this one because I'm also finishing, almost finishing. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil, some of the fruits of the soil, some of the fruits of the soil. Now let's read what Enoch do, did. Sorry, Abel also brought an offering. Now see the hyphen? Fat potions from some of the first bond. That's the law. So if you read... Exodus, you read Leviticus, Numbers, you find that. It's a law that you bring to God from the fats and the firstborns. You can't go and give God anything by the law. I'm talking about Cain's time. I'll come back to our time. But in Cain's time, what God wanted from both of them was the firstborns and the fattest of the firstborns. So the firstborns of Cain would have been the first produce and the best of the produces. Can you see the difference now? That's one of the differences. But Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. <laughs> so he broke the law. So it's not literally God that disregarded Cain, but the law. God upholds his law above his name. So the moment the law looks at God's face, God will say, okay, I bow. Does it make sense? So there are times God seems helpless to help us. That's not the case. It's just that he respected his word above himself. So even when, and of course, that is why if you really want to get God's mercy, you activate the laws of mercy also. So that's the balance. So can you get mercy from the Lord? Yes. But you have to also follow the protocol of getting mercy. <laughs> so you see, I don't know. I, okay, I'll pause because I can't preach that message also today. So you can activate the principles of mercy even after you have sinned and you'll be forgiven and the ill health will be taken away. Because you have activated the principles of mercy. So yes, there is a place to activate. But come on. If you have the ability to buy a brand new car, why would you want to buy an, a used car? If you don't need to get to a point where you need God's mercy, why should you go to a point where you need God's mercy? Because you also have to follow a protocol to get the mercy. That's not my talk today. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? You broke a law, you became angry. Come on, let's give God a break. Let's give God a break. Let's give God a break. 
You are the one that broke the law. Why should he bear your groans? You broke the law. If you followed protocol, I would have taken your own offering as well. I would have taken your offering, Cain. You broke the law. You didn't do what you're supposed to do. That's why I didn't take your offering. Now you're angry. Does it sound like you? Does it sound like me? Hey, am I talking to myself this this morning? Does it sound like us? Why are you angry, Cain? You broke the law. Why are you downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? That's God speaking. If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? Don't break the law. And there won't be consequences. But break the law, there must be consequences. But yes, like every other person, you are thrown into prison and you go to the judge and say, I want to plead for mercy. You can plead for mercy. And pleading for mercy simply means if it's a lower court that sentenced you, you go to a higher court. You're pleading for mercy. You're pleading, you're pleading your case. Now I'm, I'm using biblical terminologies now. But you're appealing for a higher court to consider again. So you go to a higher court, and that's a court called mercy. And you say, Lord, although I've sinned, but I'm come before you, be merciful. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. That's exactly what happened with David. So he slept with Bathsheba. And because David understood the principle of mercy, the Bible says he ran and began prayers and fasting. He refused to eat food and was pleading for mercy. Mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. But see how much terror he had to go through to get mercy. Did he get mercy? Yes, I say he gets mercy, but of course the child wasn't spared. <laughs> when you break the law, the law catches up with you. That's what happened to Cain. You will get angry, but that will not change anything. Because it's the law that is acting against you. Forgive your neighbors as God forgives you. And you'll be healed from your hypertension. Next slide. I have already discussed this. So whenever you break the law, there's an implication. Every time we allow the devil. Now you see, I'm very, very proactive about writing those statements. Every time we allow the devil to influence us into breaking, he always will suggest to you. Always he will suggest to you to break the law. But when you break the law, he runs away. <laughs> and he leaves you with the trouble of breaking the law. So you become diseased. You become stressed. You become heartbroken. So maybe God did gave you an inclination to say, don't go into that relationship. But you were like, no, 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 God, no, no, God, I know that. When I was in my undergraduate days, I saw a lady that I loved and I wanted to marry. And God said, no way, don't go there. I refused, long story short, my GP fell from 4.2 to about 3.5. Um, over five. So that's the GP system in Nigeria. 
And not just that, the lady refused. And she's not my wife today. So I wasted time. One year, I was waiting for her to say yes. She never said yes. Wasted my time, wasted my grades. It's easier when you hear him. Life is easy. It's not just even just hearing him. You have to do what he said. I know a lot of you are asking, so how do we hear him? I can't talk about it today because of time. Unfortunately, that's the truth. But let's trust God. You know, we've just announced that prayer is starting. We're also trusting God that we're going to have Bible studies, impact meetings, and all of that. That's how to know some of these things, how to hear God. It's very simple, actually. One of the easiest ways to hear God is your thoughts. Once your thoughts are telling you to do things that won't hurt anyone, they're from God. Quote me from anywhere. Except if the thought, like, if God says, invent coronavirus, <laughs> no way, can't be God. I know some, somebody invented coronavirus. Yeah. HIV AIDS, they're invented by people. You, you will not be told, but yes, that's how the pharmacy stores get their money or companies. That's how they get their money. Now, that's not the story. But if a thought passes through your mind and it's telling you to do something that will give good to humanity, it's from God. But you need to also vet it with someone of higher authority over you. Because there are certain times where even God has spoken, it's not for that time. It's probably for a future time. All right. I can't preach this. Next slide. It's not part of my sermon, so I'll just make you stay here longer. So, for instance, in Proverbs, so why am I showing that slide? These emotions can be fixed by practicing worship. So, instead of you having heart attack, bad emotions because you broke the law, just don't break the law. Don't, don't break the law. Sorry. Don't break the law. A man who has friends. Now, I just want to give you an instance. Many times, people will say, Chris doesn't like me. I've tried to establish friendship with Chris, and Chris is not liking me. So <laughs> Does that sound like some of us? You just like blaming people. And I told someone yesterday, Every time you point one finger towards Phil, Phil, I'm with you. Every time I point, sorry, I have to do that. Sorry, I'm, I'm just. One finger. How many are coming back to Solomon? Three. And I told the person that every time you point an accusing finger on someone for the reasons for why you are a failure, 70% of the reasons why you are a failure is yours. No, it's the truth. It's the truth. You have accepted victim mentality. Now, God is saying, a man who wants... Okay, let me read exactly the way it is. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. What does that mean? I'll read it exactly. This implies that you cannot build and retain friendships if you're not friendly. It's your friendliness that attracts and retains people around you. If you're very chaotic, people won't stay around you. No matter what, they run away. But when you stop being friendly, they will go away. They will. I'm telling you the truth. So if friends are living your life, check what you're doing. You are 70% responsible for why they're living. I'm just giving you one scripture. The other one is the Bible says, When a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. 
It's literally, it has happened to me. If you practice the laws of the Lord in your work, in your school, I tell you the truth, not 100%, but at least 90% of your problems will go away. I'm telling you the truth because you won't be hurt by people or even when you get hurt by people, you're quickly to forgive. You know, so I'm hurting, but God will now say, but I've told you to forgive. Oh, yes, Lord, thank you. Help me, Lord, to proceed. It's hard, actually, but you can do that. So that I won't talk again. I'll close it. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. God is saying today, worship. It's doing the things that he told you to do. I said, when he told you to do, and the way he told you to do it. When you do that, you won't have problems. If Cain offered like God told him, God would have accepted his offering, and he wouldn't be angry, and he wouldn't commit murder. Do you see the analogy? You do the things you do because you broke the law. You get angry because you broke the law, actually. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I can't talk further than this. I'd just like us to pray now. But I'm trusting the Lord that as the seasons go by, we'll have time to, to be able to do Bible studies. Some ones are not able to say everything. Okay? I have caught a lot of things just to make sure that I stick to 40 minutes. All right? But I tell you the truth. God's laws are perfect. They are perfect. The testimonies of the Lord are sure. Reviving the soul. A man who sticks by the laws of the Lord won't be sick. A man who sticks by the law of the Lord may be poor for a season, but over time he'll become rich. You can see that throughout scriptures. Prosperity, all around the prosperity is for everyone who upholds the law of the Lord. Spiritual prosperity, mental prosperity, financial prosperity, health prosperity, relational prosperity. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to serve. But I've seen the Lord help me live life, and he can do that. I have my moments when I'm down. There are times I'm angry with Nankus. But over the years, I've learned that I only get hurt. How do you get hurt? Can we play the song so that we can pray? So I'd just like to play a song to lead us into prayer. But worship, it's our life. It's our life. That's what we're created for. We're created to worship the Lord. Nothing more, nothing less. And remember the passages we read. Take your everyday ordinary life and place it before God. You're singing, you're dancing, you're eating, you're toileting. Place them before. <laughs> oh dear. Good, hallelujah. <laughs> That's my father's house. I can say anything, hallelujah. You can see the lyrics right there. Say them and mint them from the depth of your heart. It's my desire that I get to that point in my life, Abba Father, that I will not have sickness in my body just because I keep the law. It's when I don't keep the law that I become a victim 
of emotions. But when I keep the law, I'm not a victim to emotions. I'm a victor over emotions. When I keep the law, I can ride over emotions, pass them over, and arrive on the other side of victory. When I keep the law, my mind is not stepped down on addictions because I am willing to process the laws of liberty in Christ Jesus. I'm willing to break away from hypertension. I'm willing to break away from every form of disease because I follow the protocol. I do the law. He's our friend and our comforter. I come back to your presence, Lord, I bow before your throne. Hey, my Redeemer, Lord, my life, my own. Is that what you're truly saying to the Lord today? I give you my body. Use it for whatever thing you want to do. Burn every ashes out of my life. Help me to be flexible to your word. To just allow your word to override my emotions. Like Abraham, I bring me, Isaac, before you. As a living sacrifice. Purge my heart. Remove those hurts. Remove those hurts. I cry to you, Lord Jesus, because I'm broken. I'm broken by what people have done toward me. I'm broken by my past. I'm broken by the difficulties I have encountered, the challenges. But I come because you hear me. You can give me mercy. You can give me mercy. Mercy. 